A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, while being rescued by the man known as Luthen, Cassian Andor is given a choice. Oh, as much of a choice as he can be. Either continue running or do a job for the man. The job that will net him 200,000 credits and possibly a spark. A spark to take down these bastards for good. A spark of freedom and true liberation. These are episodes four, five, and six of Andor, and we are the fake nerds here on Fake Nerds Watch. I am Ben Magnet, joined by Brandon Bud Spooky, I guess. Yes, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still Bud Spooky, I guess, for all of October. The entire month. And of, yep, and of course, joined by none other than Cassian Ryandor. Hi, thank you. It it worked out perfectly, but I'm not going to do an accent because that'd be that'd be disgusting. I'm not going to. Interestingly, Cassian Ryandor sounds like a, a name from Lord of the Rings. It's me. You know, you can you can catch me in the Lord of the Rings podcast we talk about next week. Okay, I'll, I'll think of a name for there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, and guys. Right. Welcome back to Star Wars. We're, we're back in a galaxy far, far away, talking about the prequel to Rogue One that is, by all accounts, incredible. Um. Yeah. This is Ben. You watch these like back to back to back, so it's much more fresh yeah. in your mind. But like, I have yeah, been yeah. thinking about specifically the last episode of Andor since I watched it. Um, but all three of these episodes, uh, I think it's it's very clear this is a winner. It's not just a winner, but it's like we could have been doing this from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Come on, y'all. This, oh no, this very much is the best Star Wars show Disney Plus has made or Disney Plus has put up. I, would, I think it's um, the best Star Wars show ever, maybe ever made. I, I'm pretty sure really. this is the, as as much as I I don't want to throw the animated shows under the bus because I haven't seen all of them, but I have seen some of them, and they are doing different things. Yeah, they are doing different things, but this is quite. I would also say this is the best Star Wars show. Period. Um, the acting is, inc- I mean, the acting, the sets, and everything else is incredible. But it still feels like you're in a Star Wars universe, but it doesn't feel like a typical Star Wars show. If that makes any sense, it feels real. It feels, yeah, exactly. It feels it's a great spy thriller heist drama, and um, and even though because we were talking about last week how um they're doing like an arc or a store a, like a little mini story arc in each three episodes, but still events from the previous uh, set bleed somewhat bleed in. Like we catch up on um, Cyril that, that dude, I know I'm jumping ahead, but yeah, you're absolutely right. This is like the best star Wars show I have ever seen. I, and I cannot wait to watch more of it. I really like, there's a couple of things that you touched on that, I, that I would love to, that I would love to just like dive into more. Yeah. Yeah. We um, will. But I really, I really like, um this show period how it how it just to kind of bounce off what you said about like um you know every three episodes is its own arc but you know they kind of it's an interesting because really three episodes are one episode right the complete arc is three episodes and it works in that sense uh in an interesting way that i i haven't seen serialized television do in a while every episode feels self-contained while also bleeding into well, sorry, every three episodes feels self-contained, like a three-episode miniseries. But it like, but it's important to to, but it keeps the the flow going of the entire show. What you're saying, Brandon, is a perfect television show. Yeah, this is what this is what, and not every TV show has to do this, but this is what you want from television. You want little arcs that all bleed together for a final conclusion. This is like 22 episode arcs of like old school television. That is so many episodes. But like we, the CW shows even do this. So you have arcs, right? They're not three episodes, they're much longer, but it all connects uh, 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 to an ending. Andor is doing it so much more succinctly and it is telling such a such a personal story. And what I love about this so much is the stakes could not be higher for our main characters the entire job that they're doing is one one bad day for the empire one day and like oh we'll fix it tomorrow but the, their lives are on the line to, for one bad day for the empire and the stakes have never felt more real than in the star wars product this heist is so good it was like i it's like this feels like an hbo show y'all for real like the the quality level it's 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 insane i can't i can't believe every episode i watch i'm like this is like this is like the most like grounded the most real like the the conversation in episode five between nemec and andor 
uh, where he's just talking about his manifesto and like mercenaries and it's like what a being part of a rebellion means. It's like it's the most serious a Star Wars film has ever been. Star Wars has ever been even more than Rogue One. This is like I like Rogue One, but Rogue One I feel is a little surface surface, uh, 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 a little shallow. Um, this is doing everything Rogue One wanted to do better because uh, it has more time to do it. I was just about to say that like the the what I think this film what I think the show does does really well is that from the get go Tony Gilroy knew exactly the show he wanted to make and you're you're right on the money when you say it feels like an HBO show because this also feels a lot darker and I'm saying this about a show that we watch some do get cut in half by a door in the first episode of Mandalorian so like I understand that the Mandalorian is a is a more mature show than what Disney Plus offers us with anything else in, the, in their library. But this feels this feels grittier in a way that makes it feel like an HBO drama. I'm not talking like Game of Thrones. I'm talking about like Sopranos. Right. Right. Like it feels like it feels like an HBO drama because we're not dealing with fantastical stakes. No Jedi. There's no Jedi. We're dealing with we're dealing with what Rogue One wanted to be about and i I, I firmly admit i firmly believe that rogue one wanted to do similar stuff but couldn't because of the restrictions that lucasfilm put on it at the time and it's really nice that they were able to let tony gilroy tell the exact story maybe it's not the exact story but it feels like the exact story that he wants to tell about cassian andor yeah um brandon to push back just a little bit on the whole it's not a true game of thrones i feel there are no. really good <laughs> kidding sorry no, I feel there are some good Game of Thrones elements in this show. I'm not, I'm not saying like, stuff, sure. yeah, I'm not saying like the fantastical magic dragons, Jedi, and all that jazz, dogs. Um, I'm I'm saying I'm, when I make, mention Game of Thrones, I'm talking about the um, the surprises in character traits, the surprises in character arcs, where you think a character is going to zig when in reality they're going to zag. Not to mention what happens at the end of Episode Six, but serious but there's a few reveals and honestly a few deaths i mean yes this is a a heist you know not everyone's gonna make it out live even though you really wish that and because it's on disney plus you think oh everyone's going to be fine maybe a few revelations will happen but they're all gonna they're all gonna be safe and they're all gonna have a great time cut yeah. to the end of episode six what the jesus christ was that and again like having any other like if this were a regular disney plus show this would be the end of the season and this would have been like again, still the best thing that they put out. But they have another half season left to go, like so much more to build on. And like the 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 boldness to have episode five just be a bunch of people talking for the entire episode on both sides of the equation, whether it's the Empire, whether it's our oh. our rebels, whether it's Luthen. Uh, we'll talk it about Luthen. So, oh it was my God. so it was so riveting. It, the dialogue the dialogue is so well written. The, Dude, the as, acts, as you talk about episode five, gets. The axe forgets. The tree never, never. The 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 the, 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 the tree remembers. The axe forgets. It's that's it's, it. it's just so wild because like this is some of the best writing I've ever seen in a, in a TV. No, look, TV writing is a lost art. I will from I will firmly admit it's because streaming streaming has muddied TV writing. But it feels so refreshing to get what it what feels like a TV show again with riveting writing as you yeah. as you said ryan episode five is just people talking and it is some of the most engaging dialogue i have seen let alone not just in star wars and a lot of streaming shows that we watch yeah um again like i bring up the hbo thing because like hbo has a quality barrier that like netflix has has got rid of a decade ago right like <laughs> regular cable channels even even the bigger channels like amc and stuff like hbo is quality control and this really feels like like Man, they really just knew everybody. I feel like uh, Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy is watching, the, looking at the show. Like, I can't believe this is we made this. Did we really make this? This isn't HBO. I allowed this. I like it's so it's so good. And for us to care about these random characters in the in the in the eye in the heist, and like when some of them do fall, you do feel it. And like when there are betrayals, you do feel it. And these are literally nobody characters in star wars they are just random rebels but that's the whole point of a rebellion everybody's important about it and it's all about the grounds people it doesn't it's not about the jedi and i'm like i just it's so it's so juicy while being really low scale like it's it's again it's like it's everything we wanted from a star wars show 
I love how with these characters, you're just like Cassian, where you spend time with these characters, you learn to grow and you or not to grow necessarily, but you learn to like these characters. You hear their stories and you want them to like, oh, I kind of now I know a little bit of your backstory and I kind of want to. Okay, I see why you're in this. I see why you're fighting. I see why you're doing this against the Empire. So yeah, I want to do this, and it makes the portrayals and the and the and the revelations later on in in um in the eye all the more heartbreaking. Um, yeah, it, it's a truly yeah. I feel that Kathleen Kenny while she's watching, she's like, man, we did this, and she's also going, ah, oh, shit, we set the bar really <laughs> high now, didn't the we? Is, the thing is, nothing is made in the bubble, right? These yeah. types of properties have a lot of eyes on them all the time. I but I do think that a show like Obi-Wan has a lot more restrictions than a show like Cassian Andor. Mm-hmm. Um because there's there's things that there's certain look, businesses have to protect their IP. They have to protect their brand. They have to make, they have to make things that protect their brand so they can get the biggest return. And I totally understand that. What what Cassian Andor benefits from is that everyone wrote it off in the first place. I'm certain that Kathleen Kennedy had the same eye at the same, the same uh, micromanaging eye that she had on every other property. But because this is not based on a beloved character that has been in star Wars for 40 years, the dead character, and it's based on a dead character <laughs> yeah. from one movie. It, it, it worked, it worked out that they were able to have a lot more creative freedom uh, to do something. Tony Gilroy had the, the, the weight behind him to be like, no, look, this character's going to die in Rogue One. Let's let's do this. Let's do this how it's meant to be. I'm really glad they waited, and I'm really glad the K2SO isn't in it. I was thinking about this last night. Yeah. That, like, uh, look, K2SO is showing up in the show probably at the end of season two. Um, but the fact that he's not there yet actually really helps the show in the long run. Um, uh, there's um, you, you said this, Ryan. You said this really well, that the that the rebellion, that everyone in the rebellion is important. What's so cool about this part of the rebellion, they mention it in episode four, how there's other factions. There's other rebellious factions because we know that Rogue One is the first time where all the factions came together to create the Rebel Alliance. But like to see, and we've seen factions, we've seen Infus Nest in Solo, we've seen the path in, in Obi-Wan. Uh, we saw um, the the ghost crew in, in rebels. And now we're seeing this, this road in, in road and, and Andor to see like the rebellion was created by people fighting against the empire because there were no Jedi at this point. There were no, there was no Jedi to protect them. And so now they rose up because they knew what was right. And even if, the, even if some of them were inspired by the Jedi or not, they rose up because they knew what the right thing to do was. The empire was wrong and we know what to, and we, and and we want to get back to freedom. We want to get back to Liberty. And what's great about having a show like Andor is that we get to see the boots in the mud side of that rebel, that rebellion, the people who, the people who were ready to like, Hey, we we just get on this thing and we split it evenly and we just get the hell out of here and we don't worry about any rebellion anymore. It's about those people. And that's really cool to see this side of that rebellion because it's always been there. We've just never shined a light on it before. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Bringing up, uh, this is the first time we hear that there's there's different factions before they group up. And he's like, yeah, you got you got the alliance and you got these guys and these guys. And and he's like, they're all the same to me. And Luthen's like, oh, so you agree with me? Mm-hmm. You have the same idea. They're all part of the rebellion, even though they're not together. And like he's slowly turning Andor into this. Like he's already like a radical, but he's turning him more into on his side of the radicalization. And yeah. Luthen, God, Luthen, he has such a transformation. Like we talked about before, he even started having fun. Brandon, how fun he's having in the show. My then God, he become a real character, and he's faking this like this extremely flamboyant art dealer guy, like the collector from Marvel. And I'm like, holy God. shit! Stalin. I was holy I shit! Was... Stalin. I was so convinced he was part of the Senate or he was an Imperial. He was kind of like the one to like, Hey mom, you got, you want to start a rebellion? Cause this is bad shit. But the fact yeah. that he, like when he puts his wig on and he does like the fake smiles, like, okay, what are you doing? And he's just a freaking arts dealer. It's like, what is this guy? Always smiling, always in character. Like he has oh. to, it is a persona. Like it is, this dude is, this dude is the most rebellious out of everyone. Stellan I, I love Stellan. 
Sorry, real quick, Ben. I love Stellan's performance in this show. I loved it in the first three, the first time we saw him. I love it even more now. He is acting in a way that I haven't seen him act in a very, very long time, and it's really nice to see that he's putting in this effort in the Star Wars show. Because like uh, he, he's always good. And again, like I saw him in Chernobyl, where he's giving like a really dramatic performance. So he's yeah. always good at doing drama. When he's allowed to be silly, like in like the Thor movies or like a Mamma Mia, he rules. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that he can do both in the same show, it's like, man, you guys really lucked out with Stellan here. Man, he's killing it. And he's really selling this. Like, he could – he can do – he can do – this role and sell it to us and it's really cool to see that happen because this is something that he could write off and just have a have a quick paycheck but he's he's acting you know it's like mm, he's acting because the script is there i mean i i know we were talking about the act i mean this is a different show but the actor who played king viserys in house of the dragon deserves an emmy i'm watching stellan play this character going from uh like happy arts dealer and how he puts the face the face on in his thing and then he's like listening and talking like when he hears about the attack on on that planet and he's just cackling i'm like give him the emmy for supporting role god just this we have the leading role and supporting role just give it to him already i know uh like i think the mandalorian has gotten some emmy noms before but it's mostly i think been like special effects but like andor's are andor's a real show y'all this one can do it this can break on through. <laughs> I um, mean, he, yeah, you're, you're right. I wanted, sorry, I want to touch a little bit more on Stellan Skarsgård because you're absolutely right. He is having an absolute ball and his performance is showing. Even though he's not on screen all that much, you can definitely tell that there, he's living a double life. And it's very, um, it's very telling when he, when they're, when him and his, I assume his, the shop clerk, his assistant, mm-hmm. and she's telling him, it's like, I hate it when you worry, go to bed. And he's yeah, just like constantly checking the radio, trying to check in and make sure the plan's working. It's like, oh my guy, my guy. It's um, it's it's so it's so and, and like the turn for Stellan is so quick. Like Mon Mothma comes to have a conversation. Oh, let's go look at this art piece behind the wall. Smile, smile, smile. Did you get that thing I needed? Like it's yeah. so quick. It's so like he's he's so straight to the point because it only has like thirty seconds to be a fake to be like the real him, like the Batman. Like it's so it's so juicy. But you, but you brought up earlier. I want to, I kind of want to rewind a little bit to when you, when you said the dialogue that Stellan has. Oh, so you agree with me? Because Cassian says they're all the same to me. Um, what's really brilliant about that is that that ties into once again Rogue One in a really interesting way. Because in Rogue One, we are led to believe that Mon Mothma and uh, Bail Organa were the only two who said. We're all doing the same thing. Let's all unite behind one banner and openly go to war with the Empire. And so, and, and we see that we see a lot of that progression in Rebels. We see how that how that goes up in Rebels. And now we have another side where we're seeing where we're seeing Luthen, who's part of that circle. They even say it's like you want to bring someone new into the circle. Um, like you want who's part of that circle being like, yeah, we're all doing the same thing. Why are not? Why aren't we all doing it at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's 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 what I really like about this era. That's what I really like about this era of Star Wars because seeing the different rebel factions kind of come together and realize why aren't we doing? It? Because there's a lot of mention in, in, of Saw Gerrera in this in these three episodes. Yeah. Um, because he's doing his own thing also. So like, right. way way harder, harsher, yeah. way harsher. And like we and we know how radical Saw Gerrera is um, because we saw it, we, we we were told in Rogue One, and we see a, a lot of it in, in Rebels and um, Jedi Fallen Order. And Saw Gerrera shows up with a lot of things. He's um, and so like seeing all these like different Rebel factions do basically just do the same thing and have kind of the people who are funding them be like, why the hell aren't we all doing this at the same time? Why aren't we doing this together? Why aren't we actually going to war against the empire? And, and the great conversation that, uh, that ne- Nebit has with Andor in episode five, it's like, uh, uh, they don't, they don't, they don't know any better. Like they, they think these small attacks are like, are, are not connected. They don't think any better. Like they're not going to do anything about it. Cause they're stupid. They're too, again, like they're so fat and like full of themselves. It isn't until this this final heist where you have the one dude in the in the ISB, the lady going like, "Ah, this this is connected. This yeah, is she, Do you see what I see here?" She even says beforehand she because she's like, "I don't think this isn't connected." Because she brings up like different heists, three different heists on three different planets, very similar, spread out, spread out, and he's like, "I don't think this is as unconnected as we're as we're assuming." Yeah, and it takes until. 
again, like millions of dollars get stolen. Again, it's only one bad day for the Empire, but it took until this moment going uh, for uh, the lead guy to go, hmm, thumbs up here. Maybe yeah. thumbs up here. It's totally my idea. It wasn't your idea at all. It's thumbs up here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so Ryan, it took me forever when I was watching these episodes to, you know, that guy, the head guy of the Security Council? Yeah, Kyburn. Yeah, yeah, from freaking Game of Thrones. I was like, where from Game of Thrones are you? And then Listen. I just remembered. There's multiple people in this show from Game of Thrones. There's also multiple people in, in House of the Dragon from Game of Thrones. It's, it's listen, it's cross-pollination in the genre world. It's fine. How awesome. I, I just love it when I see someone from Game of Thrones jump on the Star Wars. It's like, I'm in another super nerdy franchise, but I'm going to bring it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love, man, I love that episode five. It's just us getting to know all the people on the heist crew. Um, um, Skeen. Skeen, that actor, is from The Bear. He's one of the main characters in The Bear, so they see him show up in two big roles. I'm just like, dude, this guy's having a killer year. He's basically playing the same character, but without the, without the, the, yo, cousin! Um, I just love that, like, everybody is part of this rebellion for different reasons. He's like, well, we find out in the end, it's, it's all bullshit, but he's like, yeah, I had a brother, and the Empire killed him. Like, I'm so past revenge, I don't even know what I feel anymore. You got Cinta, who's supposed to, like, supposed to be, like, the hardest one, but at first, she doesn't say anything. She seems very soft. Maybe Cassian has a thing for her. Turns out she's probably murdered some children in the end. We don't know. Um, we got the Vel. I think her name is Vel, the blonde lady. No. She's like the leader. She's really great. Um, she might be in a relationship with the other girl too. She might be in a relationship with Cinta. They do a little hand thing. Yeah. You got uh, you got the two. You got Tamaran and Gorn. One's an ex-stormtrooper. One is a current Imperial officer. I'm just like, this is the juiciest. This and is so spicy. What's interesting about Gorn's motivation is that he's he basically is just like, I didn't get a promotion. Screw the Empire. He, I think what happened was like he he was brought in because the way he says uh, at the end, like I served on you for seven years, I deserve harsher punishment. Yeah. He was one of the people who helped de de uh, uh, de platform the Aldani. He's mm -hmm. one of the people who helped destroy that that country. And then he's yep. like, I this I'm a I'm a fool. What have he I? He also fell in love with a local woman, and then he so he didn't get the promotion, but then he lost the the girl. So I, then he's like, screw the empire. Yeah, I was yeah. deliberate. I was deliberately reductive in that because, like, no, I, no, wanted no. To, I wanted to highlight the fact that everyone has their own motivations for joining the Empire, and a lot of them are moral obligations. Because we remember, if we remember in Rogue One, um, Riz Ahmed just was like, "I just can't sit by and do this. They're doing something really bad, and I can't." Enough, enough. And and so, like, Gorn, Gorn's motivations, his eyes were opened. By by not getting the promotion, by losing that woman, uh, and, and and realizing that like, what the hell are we doing? Because it's so easy to go from the Republic to the Empire. Mm -hmm. You know, for so many people, they were the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you served in the Republic, you were serving in the Empire, and you're not knowing any different. Oh, we're just doing this as we normally do. This is what we did during the Clone Wars, yeah. and then it kind of takes like an eye-opening moment to realize. Oh, this is way worse than the Republic. And and how flippant and openly disgusting these Imperials are talking about like, oh, there's there's not even Aldani culture left. It's going to be fine when we wipe them off the map. Like yeah. they're, they're literally talking about like everything that Americans did to Native Americans. Uh, 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 and I'm just like, or excuse me, uh, Europeans to Native Americans. And I'm just like, man, this show is really just really going for it. Like really hardcore going for the colonialism, colonialism aspect. And I'm like, oh, it's so it's so real and in the disdain in gorn's eyes just having to accept it and it's like there's some good acting you brought up the colonialism and one of my favorite things about about the prequels is that it the, this is sorry a horrible sentence to start with one of the things that i that i kind of like subtextually about the prequels is the colonialism is is there it's but george lucas shies away from it um it, it's not it's not something he's too he's too interested in exploring but it's very heavily alluded to, for example, that the Gungans are the native species of, of Naboo, not yep. the people. So to have to kind of like see Star Wars go hard into that colonialism is really nice because it is there. It is in the DNA of Star Wars. And to see someone finally bring that up to the surface is really interesting. One of my favorite lines is when the is when like the guy is just like, so what are we what are we gonna do the, the next time? It's like, oh, we've been promoting this like Imperial watch party, and they can just go go to that. So they won't do this anymore. They'll just go to a, they'll just go to our imperial watch party. Uh, man, I, I I'll be honest. I would love to be stationed on Aldani to look at the eye because that is uh, a feast. Holy shit! Uh, also, and, perfect time to do a heist is during a meteor storm. And what's really great and what's really interesting about about the lower level imperials, like you know, they're saying like you know, if you're stationed on Aldani, you hope to see the eye event at one point. And so, and to see like these people 
these colonials be like, oh yeah, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I'm here. I want to see it. Because again, like, the, like you said earlier, like like the people in the empire on the lower levels, they're still regular people too. Yeah. It, it isn't until you start going up more than like your fascism rises. Until then, you're just a, you're just like a, a dock worker. You're just like you know you're a regular person. Um, so to them be like, yeah, I'm stationed on this planet. I'm just doing my job. And then like a heist happens. Like unfortunate for you, you're all end up probably being bad people anyway. The way you're it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of you're being complicit in something you're not even sure you're being complicit in. You just you don't know because yeah. you're you're ignorant to it. I'm just I'm stationed here. I'm doing yeah. my job. Mm-hmm. But I'm here. I'd like to see the thing that this planet is known for. Yeah, uh, and man, the heist—the heist itself is is probably the tensest that a Star Wars thing has ever been. Like, I'm really trying to think of like how like I've like on the edge of my seat, like them just walking into the base, uh, uh, and like having to stay like in a single file to do everything right. Like, I was tense just during that moment, even before like the real heist even started, and like them having to do the stuff on top of the tower and them going in everyone has their own different roles and something goes wrong everything goes wrong people start going in what's going on here all that stuff it's so so tight and it's so immaculate and like once the guns start blazing i'm like man no they're all people are dying this isn't gonna be good i missed when goran died i didn't see it at first it was it's it's so quick it's like yeah that dude's just dead now yeah and they're not they don't make a big deal out of it it's like that's war baby it sucks see the Game of Thrones aspect, you're you you get connected to this character, you see this character, you see this character do all these things, and you're like, and you're hoping for a good outcome for said character, and he just dies, just like point blank, no problem. Even uh, um, the other guy, the former stormtrooper, I was Cameron. hoping for, yeah, he gets shot yep. right yep. there. I'm like, no, that's what I knew. That Skeens is it? Skeens? Skeen. Yep. That's when I realized he wasn't on the up and up because so he didn't cover him. Yeah, there's one specific mummy. He's like, cover me. And he literally goes, okay, he does one shot and then packs up again. And I'm like, yeah. where's your cover? Where's your cover? Uh, that yeah. was definitely, I'm like, come on, bro. I, 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 it was at that moment where I was like, there's something. He's a bad this boy. Guy, this, guy doesn't, this guy's not a true blue. He doesn't believe yeah, in the yeah. cause. He's here for uh, something else. Not yeah. a true blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what was, uh, there's something else I was going to say. Oh, um, Obviously, with like these heist, like these heist things, there's always that one bit that goes wrong, right? You always wait for the thing that's like, oh, this is the thing that's gonna mess up. Mm-hmm. What I love about this heist and how this heist was written and, and how it was acted was that you don't know where the screw up is going to be. Like, I feel like with a bunch of shows, like a like a bunch of films where there's this huge heist plan, they say, hey, this is the one thing we cannot mess up, and if we mess up the whole plan shot. That's like, well, that's going to mess up then. And then you have to improvise and find a way to adapt. You don't know where it's going to happen. You're on, you're constantly on your toes. And the fact that the comms guy was the one who figured it out. Yep. I think is like, now that is the biggest wrench. I couldn't, I didn't see it coming. I absolutely loved it. And this was one of the coolest heists I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And it felt, it felt like, again, like so tense, like, they, I think they end up seeing like $80 million as like, or any meaning credits is what they say. Mm-hmm. But like them having to tow those heavy ass things. And I'm like, how much are you guys going to get done really? And like, it's, it's enough. Uh, they didn't take all of it. Uh, but like, again, it's enough to put a tiny dent in the empire, you know, a couple hours of extra labor, but for, for the rebellion, this is going to fund a bunch of their shit. And that's awesome. It's really cool to see again, this was an arc that will lead into the next arc where they're going to use that money. They're going to do more rebellion stuff. Like it's a, it's a big, beautiful funnel. Love it. Ben said something in the beginning about how the show feels real. And I want to talk about that a little bit um, because we talked a lot about Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's use of the volume and how it, frankly, I don't think it worked. Look bad. And I, I, I think that's a bummer. Um, and I, I wish I didn't feel that way. No. But when, when, when I, when we go to Coruscant in this show, I have never felt Coruscant feel so real before. Yeah. Like I love Coruscant. I think Coruscant is gorgeous in the prequels. I think, Mm -hmm. I think George Lucas visualized Coruscant really well, but it's very clearly a CGI city. Mm -hmm. It is not, it it is obviously it's a CGI city. I'm not saying it's not, it's not, not, there's no city that looks like Coruscant, but like, it's so cool how we kind of zoom into the stone and the granite. We go down to the lower levels and we see the guy from the first three episodes. He goes to his mom's quarters on Coruscant, which is just in this apartment complex that is so, that is so just nothing. Cyril. Cyril and his, in his terrible, terrible mother. Do you have any job prospects? I'll talk to your uncle. 
and 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 not only do we not only does it help feel, to feel real in sorry in the prequels when we see Coruscant we really get like maybe three rooms like frank, like quite quite honestly we get the Jedi Temple we get the Senate building and we get the bar Mon house and so what's really cool about this show is that it feels lived in in a way that Star Wars always does because we go into a shop we go into Mon Mothma's house um and 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 we've never seen like okay we saw Padme's apartment but I never quite re- I never quite figured out the layout of Padme's apartment it's really weirdly set up it's like a big empty space and, and 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 but like Mon Mothma's apartment feels like a high-end senator place that that real people would live there with servants and things and i think that's a shitty, shitty uh, republican husband <laughs> it's such a cool it it's it, it, i've never felt coruscant feel so real before yeah 100 um yeah again like having having sets even if it's just for like the rooms that they're in like they can't like you know they can't build coruscant or whatever but like it's like this show got the time uh, not just for the for the sets, but for the spe- the CGI. Because like again, like all of the, all of the city stuff, all the special effects of the ships look incredible in the show. And like again, Obi Wan is a show that should have had a bigger budget. Yeah. And it's just it's it's. I just wonder how it ended up this way. I really do. It's so it's so fascinating. I will say I'm I'm I have nothing but praise for this show. But in fairness, when we go to the Senate, it's a little fa- it's a little hazy in there. You know, it's it a better looking Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it's it's just kind of, it's just kind of whatever. It's just, it, it it's the Senate building, and, it, and it's also like, but like, what's it also interesting about Coruscant and the Senate building? And I'm kind of like, I'm I use a, a little quick negative to lead into a positive, which is a testament to how good the show is. What's so interesting about Coruscant is that it's not as populated as we remember it in the prequels. Yeah. But the Senate, there's not a lot of senators there because the senators don't care. Yeah, they're all rich and happy. They don't give a yeah. shit anymore. Coruscant isn't as populated as it was because the Empire is probably. Moving people off of Coruscant because they want they want you know like this is mostly just an imperial planet now. Yeah, um, I will say I think I don't know how much better you can make the Senate itself look because I think I think almost on purpose they wanted to look run down and old and people aren't there. Yeah. So I think I think for that specific shot, I think it's okay that it looks a little, little like and, less, and less is, ex- ex- exuberant. You know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like you have the you have this idea of like the Senate is we, we can't make the Senate look as grand as it did in Revenge of the Sith. We can't. We don't have the budget for that. We don't have the CGI money for that. But we can use what we can to tell audience to visually tell audience an important thematic an important moment of the story, which is the Senate. Is just there. It's fake, fake Senate. It's, it's a fake Senate at this point. It's mm-hmm. just there because Palpatine says it in, in A New Hope. Uh, uh, Vader says it. Um, you know, the Senate was only there to until the Death Star was built. Palpatine doesn't give a shit about those senators anymore. He just wants them to keep control of the system. He's putting his governors in systems, not giving a shit what mm-hmm. the Senates have to say. Hundred percent. To to quote Governor Tarkin, "Fear will keep the regional se- the regional systems in line." Exactly. Battle station. Um, and so we get so we get to see we get to see real quickly, Ben's just finished just cap off my point. Like we get to see how the Senate is visualized by people who don't give a shit. Like this it's just it, it's a what's what's the what's what's the word I'm looking for? It's um ornamental. The yeah, Senate it's an is em- just an ornamental. empty room. And like yeah. again, like very much like liberals in America, you can you can grandstand and do as much as you want, but how much are you really gonna do? No one's listening. No one's listening. No one's listening. Um, yeah. To to go on because one of my favorite characters or one of my favorite moments in this show, as and especially in this arc, Mon Mothma. I love her so much. I absolutely adore her, and we got just enough of Mon Mothma to know that she can sense something. I mean, she already knows something is brewing because she's playing with Luthen, but her you can. E- I don't know how deep she is into the throes of rebellion. But at you can this point, she is at this point in the story, she is ready to rebel. Yeah. She she has a lot of story arcs in Rebels at this point okay. also. So okay. But one of the things I love about the show is that you can tell that she is just absolutely done. She especially her scene in the Senate specifically, where she's on the floor of the Senate and she's talking and she's looking around. So many empty Senate um Senate spacecraft. So or hovercraft and you see like a pair of senators just talking to themselves in the middle of mon mothma's speech and they just up and just f off well, so because, she's, 
to be fair, that's also because the news bulletin went out that uh, that the Adani thing happened. Oh, okay. also her speech is boring as shit. Yeah, <laughs> these people <laughs> don't care. It's politics. It's boring no matter what. Yeah. Sorry. But also, I feel bad for mom for uh, for mom because I she... feel bad for mom too. I feel bad for my mommy too. <laughs> no, I feel bad for her because like her husband's a dick. Her kid's awful too. Yeah, and she's yeah, just really. like I'm trying to. I'm trying to do shit, and you're all undermining me. Screw all y'all. I'm really glad that Mon Mothma is a character in the show because I really like her, and I really like the story of her in the rebellion. She becomes the she becomes chancellor of the New Republic. I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, when the New Republic finally rises at the ashes of the Empire, she becomes chancellor. Um, I really like seeing her story because we only get her as a guest star side character she's a this actress is a deleted scene in revenge of the sith like as mon mothma and so like we don't really get a lot of mon mothma but at this point mon mothma is funding rebellions is ready to is ready to rebel but she also thinks the senate has power and the senate can do some real good but it's through it's this journey that is going to get to it's going to get her to where we see her in rogue one where she says Senate's not going to do anything. We have to yeah, rebel. This we is, have to be this at is, war. Yeah, this is this is the journey of every character in the show uh, of their radicalization towards towards the rebellion. Yeah, they're all they're all on the side of good already, but like they all need to get pushed. They all need the empire to be assholes just enough so they go, all right, I can't. The, the Senate's not going to work anymore. Doing this the nice way is not going to work anymore. I got to be seedy. I got to be gross. I got to fund some terrorism. And that's again, that's the thing that is so great about the show is like these people are terrorists. These like they are fighting fascists, but they are also terrorists. Like and like they're not shying away from that. Like when you think of a new hope, it's like plucky Luke Skywalker is gonna stop the empire. He blows up a, a, a building with millions of people in it. Like that's a terrorist, y'all. Um, and like Andor, he's our main character. He's shooting people left and right. He's shooting bad people. He's still shooting people. Murder right. is a bad thing. And right? that's what that's what's what that's what's really good. That's, that's what I think Rogue One is trying to do. It's honestly why I like Rogue One a lot because Rogue One is trying to remind audiences that look, these are the terrorists. Yeah, the government is the empire. The our heroes are terrorists. Like the yeah. and so it, this show is just done is reinforced that idea. And I, again, that just goes back to what this is doing is everything that Rogue One really wanted to do. Again, because Rogue One, like it, it just didn't have enough time because it's a movie. Like it wanted to do so much, but like. And I think it does a lot of it successfully, just not for me, like, like setting up a lot of the character stuff. Um, but again, this show, it's 12 hours for Cassie, and it's more set up than any character has ever deserved. It's crazy. I'm really curious. I'm not going to watch Rogue One until the show is done. Same. Yeah. I really want to I really want to go from the last episode of this show to Rogue One, see how that works. Yeah. 100%. And I bet it's going to be so juicy. So juicy. Um, man. So, yeah. Uh, heist. Heist is successful. They get that money. A couple of people, unfortunately, pass away. That I is gorgeous oh man beautiful yeah just see just all that color and just like man i could look at this for a long time that that chase with the tie fighters and the and the freight and the freighter awesome awesome work i'm like i would have been happy just seeing what the eye looked like but then we also got a chase inside of it Mm -hmm. give me a break y'all i can't i can't afford that my brain is too good Mm -hmm. i can't see too much I mean, little side note, this has happened a little bit before the eye, but I love how Gordon doesn't necessarily translate to what the, the Donnie <laughs> priest tells him. Like, and the Adani oh, guy knows he knows. He's like, the Adani guy's just saying F you, F you, F you. He's so saying like our ghosts, here. it's like our ghosts have long memories, and he's like, and he's like, what do you say? He's like, Oh yeah, he says thanks. We're cool. What do you I didn't say that? Yeah, and that's the Adani guy's like stuff. they gotta make the not, heist, they gotta make the heist work. He's just like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I really, I really liked, um, I really like all the all the new characters we meet, and when when they all die, you you know you feel it, um, because it it's kind of tragic because we spent an entire episode getting to know them, um, an entire forty five to an hour, uh, forty five minutes to an hour getting to know them, and I'm very curious to know which one of these characters is going to pop up again. Um, I would like to see, um. What's the girl? What's the girl's name in the Imperial outfit at the end? The uh, Cyril? 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 Uh, uh, are we talking about the, the the heist lady? Yeah, not no? Bell. Not no. Bell. Cinta. No. Cinta. Um, Cinta. Yeah. I I do wonder what's going to happen to her. Um, they don't show I, her, so I think she will come back around somehow. 
She, she leaves the compound. The last time we see her, she's in an Imperial uniform and she leaves the compound. Mm-hmm. Implied that maybe she killed the kid. She straight up killed those children. I 100% believe that. She's, yeah. she's the hard one in the group. Yeah, she's and, uh, like all those prisoners, they did. And Vel is alive, but on a different planet. Um, and I, I, I would like to see those two characters come back. I'd like them, and I want to. I would like to see a little bit of closure on the on their on their story. Maybe they'd also die in another adventure coming up. But you know, I, I'd like I, to see them again. I think because they're they're associated with uh, Luthen, I think they will probably contact Luthen, or they'll pro- there'll be one closure scene. I have to imagine. Sure, because they even say like. Um, because Luthen's worried that this could be traced back to him. Uh, this this heist could be traced back to him because he wasn't careful with Andor, and yeah. because the girl and the girl says Vel is the only one that can be traced back to you. Uh, so like we don't really know what her re- what his relationship with Vel is. So. His daughter could be his daughter. That's just like a Star Wars thing. I felt it could be. I mean, uh, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, this I, was good. I'm just. I am so like. I, we're watching a lot of shows and like i think they're all we're we're really lucky to be watching a lot of good shows but like andor is the one where i'm like i god i'm so excited for the next episode especially after six after the eye i'm like oh my god we're gonna start a new arc and we're gonna meet new people and what's the new adventure for the next three weeks gonna be um i this show is doing such an incredible job of not being fan servicey not tying into overall star wars um i think it has the chance of being the best version of of incorporating all that stuff because this is during the Rebels timeline, Brandon, and we're such yeah. fans of that show. And there's so much stuff that they can easily weave in so easily and not have it be big and grandiose and take over the show. With but like the way, with the way that season two, that we know the season two is structured because every three episodes is going to jump a year. Yep. Um, I can see them 100% in the gaps, bring in the K2SO shows up before an episode. And so yeah. like now we're showing up, K2SO is there. Uh, episode, now they're based on the Avon 4. We yeah. know these things happen in this time period, so it would make sense because of how Cassian is tied to Mon Mothma. We're going to have to go to Yavin 4 eventually, surely. Yeah. And I, I, I would not be surprised if something from Rebels, maybe a character, I don't know who, shows up. My, I, I, I put it on Twitter, but like I think... Of all the characters who could show up and it'd be impactful and they and it would it wouldn't take away from the rest of their story, I think it'd be Thrawn. I really do. Yeah. I think he could show up uh, uh as just an Imperial for an episode, like, hey, I hear you guys are having a rebel problem. Let me let me try to sort it out. He doesn't sort it out, all right, I'll sh- I'll deal with this later. And then he goes and does rebel stuff. I think there are a bunch of characters that can show up and it makes sense to the story. It's not just for fan service, and it would be really fun and impactful for this story. What's really cool about this about this side of the time period is we know where all of the major players are. We know where Tarkin is. We know where Darth Vader is. They yeah. he, they can't show up in the show no. um, because like this is below them. Like quite frankly, like Tarkin's not going to pay attention to, to Cassian Andor. Neither is Vader. Um, and, and so it's really cool that we could see someone lower, perhaps a Thrawn. I think Hera is likely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because we know they've cast the, we, we know they've cast the live action Hera and they've not told us who it is. Yeah. Um I can totally see Hera cut like connecting with this by. story. Yeah. Absolutely. Like some something she shows up for a heist, she's helping Cassian Andor for a heist and that's it. I don't need to see a lot more than that because I think what the show I think the show's strength is in how disconnected it is from Star Wars while still building the building blocks to Rogue One and a New Hope. Yeah. And as we get closer to Rogue One I I would not mind because it is the more we get into the rebellion, the more other people like the Jedi, like the Sith Inquisitors, all these do people do get involved. So it is going to have to become bigger scale the closer we get to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So if they can organically get there, so it is by the end of Andor, a actual Star Wars show, but it's still Andor, where all these characters are here, but it's still a grounded like rebel story. This could be like the true best of both worlds. Because right mm-hmm. now Andor is like a great Star Wars show, but like, it's not, you know, it's not Jedi and stuff. And I'm happy. It's not, if there's a world where all that stuff can happen, I'm like, shit, dude, they can do it. Can do it. Yeah, that's, but that's why I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see Ezra show up. Frank. Oh, I don't, no. No, 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 I don't. I think, I think Hera is the good, is a really good character to show up in this show. Okay. Um, she's the one that fits. I think what Andor is trying to do because of her history and what she does in rebels. Like, I don't think Ahsoka, Ahsoka could, I guess, because Fulcrum is an yeah. as, Ahsoka as Fulcrum is an essential part. Oh my God! You know who should be who should show up? 
Zen. No, um, the Imperial who defected in Rebels. The guy oh, with the, the, guy with the helmet head? The helmet yeah. head. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna look his name up. I love He that should guy. show up in this show. That would be in that would be that would be the greatest thing if that happened in the show. I gotta look up his name. He's so good. Um Ben uh, Rebels uh, introduces this guy, this Imperial guy, uh, and mm. then he turns and he becomes the new fulcrum, which was um, uh, Ahsoka's call sign when she was helping form the rebellion. Callus. Oh. Callus. Agent Callus is awesome and he has a stupid helmet that matches his mutton chops. Oh, give me that character. Hell yeah. I would love to see that guy. Like, cast that guy and have him show up in the show. I think he'd be perfect. That would be perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, wild, just wildly happy with Andor, man. Um, well, I, do I, want to say, I do want to say real quickly, Diego Luna is incredible. She, he's, yeah. he's he's turning in a performance of a lifetime in the show. And like, man, I have definitely seen some people online are like, he's not a good actor. I'm like, y'all, y'all are insane. Y'all are insane. <laughs> just because he's not screaming loud, you know, you could be an actor in a different ways. You could be a more subtle approach where like the anger in his eyes is always palpable. And the way when he's like, um, when he's talking to Nebit and he's like, uh, aren't you mad or something? And, and he's like, "Do I not look mad to you?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "He's a few. You could see the flames in his eyes." He's like, "What? Am I not a rebel enough for you? What do you think? I'm here for no reason." It's so good. He is. He is such a star in the show. He's so good. And the um and the idea the the whole like when they when they try to turn on him, he's got the sky ki- the sky kyber crystal on his neck, and they're trying to turn. He's like, "I get it. Don't if you you know if you want to back out, that's fine. Don't use me as an excuse. I'm telling you why I'm here." We either go or we don't, but it's not going to be because of me. Yeah, y'all are scared and projecting that onto me. I'm here just to do a job. Are you here yeah. to do a job? And it turns out Skeen, big old butthole. Big, big old butthole. What if we kill everyone and take it for half an hour? <laughs> hey, Ben, sorry. You were trying to say something a bit ago. No, I was trying. I was going to say um, it It baffles me how sometimes some of the best television or the best spinoffs come from characters that aren't not to say that, uh, um, cast, <clears throat> excuse me. Not to say that casting Andor isn't a big part of Rogue One, but in the echelon of Star Wars characters, casting Andor is way down the yeah. list. Yeah, and yet he is the one was the best show. Yeah. And you know what he it is, is the Ben. One. You know what it is, Ben. It's so interesting because, like, that's what Star Wars, the expanded universe, used to be creating lower tier finding backstories for lower tier characters that were you know star wars the star wars expanded universe wasn't all about yoda or obi-wan or things like that we you know there was the carl Cal- katan Cal- katan Cal- katan so those syllables are right but in the wrong order um you know like he's not a, he's not a major character within star wars but he had a whole like imprint line created around this guy he's a star of multiple video games yeah oh. and so like that's what star wars did so well in the old expanded universe and now i don't blame lucasfilm when they made uh when they decided to go further with star wars and making all their comics and books canon that they chose higher tier characters to to do those but i'm glad we're kind of here where it feels very much like this character doesn't have a huge backstory in the movie that he's introduced in. He's a small character. Nobody gives nobody cares about this character like they do. Uh, who's a character above him? Saw Gerrera. Like, fr- quite frankly. Uh, so, like, we're not going to do a Saw Gerrera show. Let's do this guy's show. He's a yeah. C-list character. We can do something with him. And, and, again, we talked about with Obi-Wan. Like, there's so much more restrictions with Obi-Wan because you can't do a lot because we know his story. Cassian, we don't know his story. We know where he mm-hmm. dies. He has yeah. literally 30 years that we could do whatever we want with him. And because it is the beginnings of the, the, the rebellion, which we don't know that much about either, we can build an entire storyline that fits to Star Wars. Um, yeah. And it's, that's, it's a good approach. It's a good approach. And it works so well. Yeah. Like even, the, even that uh, one Imperial, that one lady who is noticing the patterns and her assistant, I like we were talking about how in episode five, it's all it's 80, 90%, 99% dialogue. I was engaged. I wanted yeah. to listen. I was like, normally we get to scenes with meetings and even when I was a kid, I remember it's like, oh, the people talking is so boring. Get to the pew pew and the action. Now, as an adult, I'm like, no, this is where the story is. This is how the plot moves. And I'm like watching all and I'm listening to all to them try to figure it out. And her superior goes like, nah, I'm, whatever. It's not a problem yet. And it's like, it will be. I'm really Dude. glad we got the imperial subplot in this yeah i think that's i think that's great 
Um, did uh, did we get any more flashbacks of young Cassian, or was that all episodes one through three? I don't know. It's all episodes one through three. We okay, didn't okay, get okay. Okay. Just making sure we didn't miss any of that. Um, I want to say a little. I want to kind of bounce off what Ryan said a little bit about like you Ooh. know we don't know a whole lot about what about the the building of the rebellion. I think the smartest thing the Star Wars ever did that the the current regime of the Lucasfilm ever did Lucasfilm ever did was that they turned the rebellion into different factions beforehand, and it's it's it is stated in 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 Rogue One, and then we see kind of the fruit of that because we can have different. We can show up with we rebels can show up everywhere in every Star Wars property, and it would ne- and it won't it won't go back to Luke Skywalker, or it won't always go back to Leia Organa or Mon Mothma. Luke Skywalker's on Tatooine at this point, but like you know, in in Obi Wan, we met the Path, right? We met the Path. That's part of the rebellion. That those member those are members of the rebellion. They will become they will join the rebellion, but they're not connected to what Hera was doing with the Ghost Crew. Uh, in rebels and so we get to see that path and we get to see i just think that was an incredibly smart choice because then we, you know emphasis nest in 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 solo they eventually they will join the rebellion it's their rebellion and eventually they'll all be part of the rebel alliance what was so smart is to kind of create these different factions so that we can have different stories of rebellion that quite frankly we could do this forever we could just constantly be telling different stories of rebellion in this time period because everyone's rebellion is different. That's mm-hmm. you hit it exactly on the money there, Brandon. Because like Mon Mothma, she's not a, a physical fighter. How does she fight the Empire with her money, with her resources, with her clout? Right. Saw Guerrera, very much a physical guy. He's not up in the politics. He's about I'm gonna go blow that shit up. He's a radical. I don't care who dies. Yeah. Uh, and then you have people in the middle who are like, we want to fight, we want to do what we can, but like sometimes you need to be pushed. And what's so cool about this this specific era is like. Everybody, whether you're a physical fighter or or, or an emotional fighter, however you are, you are all being pushed to the side of good. Because yeah. uh, like you can't stand on the sidelines in this period; otherwise, you will die or you will become a monster. Like you have yeah. to fight back. And that's what that's what actually the Bad Batch is dealing with. Also, like the Bad Batch is talking about how like these stormtroopers who didn't these clone troopers who didn't turn, they can't just idly sit by and let the galaxy pass them by. They've got to do something mm-hmm. and. That's what Emphis Ness tells Solo and Solo. Like, you're going to have to pick a side eventually. You can't just keep doing this. Um, I picked a side. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Cassian is given the same choice by Luthen. Like, look, I understand that you've been fighting. You've been fighting forever, but you haven't been fighting the Empire. Don't and, you want to like, fight for something like that? That's real. That, yeah. Like that's actually will hit them where it hurts instead of and just like what, small skirts. That's what they say to Jin in Rogue One also. Like, right. Why don't you fight for something? Fight mm-hmm. for the rebellion. And, and 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 I just really like I really like that. I think Star Wars is nailing this this section of of, of the timeline, these 20 years between uh Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, Star Wars is nailing. 100%. And again like there is a a worse world where this is the Andor K2SO show where it is like a Han Solo movie where it's them teaming up and going on wild adventures. And that's not, and like, that could have been a fun show. I'm so much, I am so glad we have this show. Cause like, it feels like they're really trying to tackle something and say something instead of just, oh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader got to fight, don't they? Wouldn't that be yeah. crazy if they showed up again? And I'm just like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I want to see it. If it was, a, it was a better show, I would have been very happy with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm just like, I, it's... I know, like initially, like Andor, sure. What, what what's this about? And then we saw the trailers and everything. I'm just like, it's, it's. This is a really good sign for the future because you know sometimes we'll get a project and we're like, oh shit, man, is this the future of the project of of the universe? But Andor is a really good sign, a really yeah. good sign. Like watching She Hulk and watching this back to back, I'm like, man, Disney, like, like they got right now, they got a grasp. Right now, they got a grasp. I hope they don't lose it because it's great. Uh, I think it's wonderful that we've introduced cereal in the Star Wars universe. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm so curious what's going to happen to him next because we we didn't get a lot of play with him in this in this in so this, in these yeah. Movies. There's so much fun speculation on what's going to happen to this character, and up to episode three, everyone's like, okay, he's going to become an Imperial. What if he's, he was fired? What if, what if he becomes a rebel? What if all the shit where he wants to be so bad 
backfires and he actually is like, oh, I hate all this and I want to be a rebel. That would be a subversion that I don't think any of us could have expected because no. he's too shitty. He's just too shitty to get what he wants. He does. He, he I see him having an arc, a really t- a two season arc where he will die a hero. I really liked his I really liked his uh, scene when he gets fired by the Imperial officer um and like the guy his superior is like i didn't have anything to do with this why am i why is this happening to me it's like because blah, blah, blah. um and like I, re- I wanted a scene of like this is what i told you to let this go i told you to let this go what the hell yeah yeah i told um, you this yeah. would happen God, it's it is in so, have an entire episode where his just mom's just like eating them alive mm-hmm. uh uh so um uh, people are uh, having fun speculating. Um, uncle, I'm gonna get set you up with your uncle. Is that Imperial? People are speculating that that dude's a mobster. He's a space mobster. Because the way she's like, I'm gonna set you up with your uncle Leo. It's like that's a mob man. Because uh, like, I think that'd be fun. I don't know. Calling in the hut. What if it's a hut? Oh, it's so gross. Ooh, <laughs> calling in the, yeah, calling in the family favor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, at 100% family favor. She she feels a little Italian mobster to me. Um. Or it could just be an Imperial guy. That would also make sense. But like, yeah, I'm so fascinated the direction this guy is going to go because like he's such a wild card at this point because he's just so defeated. He's so defeated. I could see him, anybody taking him in, he will go to them, whether it's good or bad. He'll just, he'll, he'll glom like a symbiote on whoever. What if, him. what if Luthen finds him, says, hey, why don't you go help the rebels? And then yeah. he turns on the rebels so he can become an Imperial. Mm. I all of these are believable. He's such a uh, uh, a snivelly, snivelly grossman. Yeah, man. Um, anything is possible. Or he could just he could go down the path of horribleness. He can go up the path. Like I think he is at such an interesting crossroads right now, where the writers could really do anything, and I'm excited for it. Because yeah. that dude, I need. I don't like him, but I need him out of his mom's house. Because even I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. I love. Yeah. I just like seeing a, a shitty apartment in Coruscant. Yeah, this is what this is a, what a like a like a middle class Coruscant house mm-hmm. looks like. An apartment looks like. I'm like, yeah, okay, it could be worse, I guess. All right. Love Anything it. else you guys want to bring up? Not uh, really. I have like I. like Great. like you, Brandon. I have like no negatives. I this show has been absolutely amazing. Although I will say, I kind of enjoy watching it three episodes. The three episode binge. Especially now in this day and age, like we have House of Dragon, I still have to catch up on Rings of Power, and I still haven't even finished She-Hulk yet. Mm-hmm. Having like a little bit of a break in between, for me, it helps. But also, I like it because I get the whole story. Yeah, yeah. I get it the whole like, like little, I get the whole like little mini arc in about three, two and a half hours, give or take. And for me, that's and for me, that's like a lot better than like say watching She-Hulk or House of the Dragon, where it's like, nah, I gotta wait another week. Where it's like, cool, I got I could watch this arc and then just wait three week I wait a month and then the new one's ready to go. I will say that I think you're right about when it comes to Andor that it actually is kind of fun to like wait for the three episodes to be done and then watch them together. And I because they flow very nicely to get into each other. It feels very much like they are like they are just one one episode um that 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 is cool i will push back on 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 the fact that like i don't think that's universal though and i think like uh the weekly release for like she hulk or like house of the dragon works for those shows Mm -hmm. um she hulk especially which is a 30 minute sitcom that you don't you don't have to binge the whole thing you can watch an episode here or there right but like and or and or almost feels like if they had dropped three episodes a week that would feel very much oh. the same way as like She-Hulk dropping one episode a week. It was yeah. smart for them to drop the three at once. Yeah, except kind yeah. of like the precedent of like here they're like you know three episodes kind of like like a little little mini movie sets up the next arc sets up the next arc next arc. Uh, I think that like yeah. that I agree with you, Ben. It is it is like I'm just someone who likes watching it like when they come out. Like I watching I like watching weekly things because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to accidentally get behind and then I have to watch three hours of something at once. Right or get spoiled. Well, that's or that's, get spoiled. Understand, that's that's completely understandable. But I was just saying, for me, especially in the timeline that we are in right now with all these shows, I mean, now that a bunch of the shows are ending, or in some of them, and in She-Hulk's case, it has ended, then I'll probably start watching Andor on a weekly basis. But when Andor first came out, we were in the throes of She-Hulk, Rings, and uh, Dragon. It was just like there's so much for me to watch right now. So giving the space in between, it's like okay, now I could sit down and digest it. Absolutely. But at the same time, I still think the three episode arc idea is a great idea. Um, 
I absolutely love all the actors. I love how this the set looks. I just love everything about the show. And I and even though I know how Cassie and Andor's story ultimately ends, I am along for the ride. Ooh, I want, um, it's not just Andor. I want to see Mon Mothma. I want to see Luthen's story. I just want to even Cyril. I hate that guy, but I want to see what happens to him. Ryan yeah, is I'm, about to Ryan is about to tell you a great quote from Tony Gilroy. Yeah, uh, I agree, but I am I am super interested in all these characters. Tony Gilroy had a great quote talking about somebody asked him, like, so you know, you're dealing with a character who 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 dies, who you know, we know his his end game. What do you think about these? Like, everybody is living in a prequel, everybody dies. Yep. And That's that literally, great. I was like, Tony, my man, you're right. He's Everybody right. Dies. Technically, <laughs> technically, this is a prequel to our death. Yeah. Uh, after that, I was like, man, why have I never thought about it that way? Everything, everything ends. That's so good. Changed my uh, life, that quote. It's like, it, I always bring up Titanic. Like, you know, you go see Titanic, you know the ship's going to sink at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all about the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. I That's don't good. think that this show is... I, I don't think that I like the show more than I like Rebels at this point, but I definitely see by the end of the show by the by the end of the show that could be possible. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Uh, uh, I just think like yeah, uh, uh, Rebels has a much longer life form, and I think that is my favorite Star Wars show. Uh, I think is that also your favorite, Brandon? It's mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, it definitely has so much more real estate. But like, if the trajectory of Andor stays like this, and we know where season two will lead into, and if they're able to to uh, uh, capitalize on all the fun Star Wars stuff that we were speculating earlier, then this could be like really special, like really special. Um, I already think it's special because it is like, it is kind of the first of its kind of like, we can do this. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll do it. That'll do it. Cassian Ryan. Very cool guys. All right. So that's Andor. or we'll be, we'll be back after another three episodes to talk about and or once again maybe uh, so maybe sparks will join us next time maybe sparks will join us next time so stay tuned for that while we while we patiently wait the next three episodes of star wars and or or as our as our screen says star wars door um, <laughs> um cool so that's that'll do it there's of course plenty more fake nerds watches we've just wrapped up she hulk you can check out all of our she hulk discussions available now uh lord of the rings will be coming hot at you soon uh the final four episodes of lord of the rings you guys uh, we will we will get that up there uh house of the dragon you guys are going to be doing a house of the dragon wrap finale. up finale is this week yep that's exciting um and uh probably before the end of the year we'll try and fit in another show but as as of now there's not a lot on the horizon for fake nerds watch which is good we need the break <laughs> it's i love talking about these shows but when you release four at once man it's hard it's a lot it's a like lot when they, yeah when this marathon first started all of us were like fuck I, hey again I, at least they're good yeah yeah that, that is true i would like before the end of the year for fi- for us to finally at least get one episode of sandman done but we'll see what we can do oh, um because i forgot about sandman we got time uh, before the end of the year we got time yeah um but again no stress we'll see what we can do guys if you guys want to see that let us know uh maybe support us on patreon and make uh support us on patreon or t public to make it a little easier on us to do some of these things um we've got a, there's a there's going to be more shows there's going to be a lot of things that we want to do and it just kind of helps out if a uh, if the the finances are there, unfortunately, cash money. Um, Basement Arcade, you can also check out on this channel again. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Basement Arcade, which are let's play series, our let's play series. We're going to see a lot more Basement Arcade episodes coming soon. Um, ben is going to be screaming in your ears uh, yep. before long. Um, yep. Stay tuned for some for some of some very exciting Spooktober's yeah. for Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade Pause Menu is a video game series that Ben does. A new Basement Arcade Pause Menu is in the works. A new quarterly, right? You guys are yep. are doing a quarterly soon. Doing it soon. Doing it soon. And also, as the time of this recording, I just came back from Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Expect a lot more in the future because your boy did some work. Good. Good. Very exciting. Very exciting. We'd love to see it. Uh, Animation Station and Fake Nerd Book Club are also shows that you can find on this channel and again like this video subscribe to our channel i mentioned our t public and our patreon those are links below you can check those out if you'd like to support us financially we greatly appreciate all the help you can do uh you can find all of our all of these, these things on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com by the way i updated my blog i didn't say anything i we've got we've all got blogs on our on our on our podcast website 
Um, I've updated mine recently to have to share links to my Infinity Saga series and my Screen Rant pieces, as well as everything that I've written for other sites. It's all up there if you want to check it out. Ooh. I forgot to mention that before. Um, okay, and right, right, like a blanket, like a blanket holding <laughs> Cassie and Andor holding you like a blanket. Cassie and Andor. Um, and uh, yeah, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook on <laughs> Fake Nerd Podcast, uh, fake nerd guys at gmail.com. I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Kaiju Ramen Media.com, Screen Rant, and Atomic Geekdom.com. Ben? You can find me not betraying my friends at Ben Magnet 27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. And Ryan? You can find me just enjoying. The eye on Aldani with its beautiful people touching the queen that Ben gave me at DJ Tony Snark 616. All right, guys. Until next time we see us, stay fake nerds. Cassie and Ander.